0: This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 189. I am your host, Matt Lyons. In this week's episode, we'll, of course, have some meatballs, talk about what happened in this weekend, big Cleveland baseball. And this week, we're gonna have a mail bag, mail bag episode. Answer some questions that people had about the Cleveland Guardians. Got a bunch on Twitter. Got a lot of good ones. We'll talk about those. Maybe talk about Austin Hedges getting some hits. Andres Jimenez suddenly the best player in all of baseball. Who knew? Uh, joining me for a little bit more, another Mister Merritt Roffing. Merritt, how you doing? I don't think I ever said that he was the best player in all of.
1: Baseball. Oh, I'm saying that right now. He's, he obviously oh, okay. Is, oh, he's, all right. Well, in that case, are
0: you not saying he is, Merritt? Are you? Are you saying oh, you hate Andres Jimenez? Here's the thing. I have Did I just hear Merritt right Rolfing hates just here. Jimenez?
1: Here's the thing. I have a tab open right here. It's labeled a, a certain player named Mike Trout. <laughs> He's also very good. And I think him, all I'm saying is him and Jimenez, and perhaps one other player also in Cleveland, are neck and neck and neck. And it's only because of playing time, really, that we're not getting enough. <laughs> uh, Jimenez, oh, love, going over here. Yeah. Plus, center field's a bullshit position. Mike Trout, you're trash. And shortstop, a not-bullshit position because, you know, it's hard playing center field.
0: Center field, well, I can play center field so easy. Listen, Jeez, Mike Trout, listen, come on, man. Be a shortstop. All a this is real catching balls player. in the
1: air. Like exactly. that's the easiest thing. It's trash.
0: They're so high in the air. How could you not see them? Just walk up to them and catch them.
1: Three easiest uh, positions. Center fielder one. Pitcher two. You just have to throw the ball. Three, <laughs> catcher. Because all you have to do is catch the ball. It's right in the name. Position. Simple stuff. Yeah, it's literally there. You go. There's a reason why the why catchers wear uh their what do you call their gears known as the tools of ignorance. So there you there go. You go.
0: <laughs> so Matt, the important thing is, uh, how excited are you to watch some 9 p.m. games, 10 p.m. games for the first time this year? After all those weird mid-afternoon games on the West Coast now, going to be just a bunch of garbage start times in a row. They got the well, you... for four games open for three. Uh, They fly home and play San Diego, thankfully, but it's going to be a rough week for anybody on the East Coast who enjoys a reasonable sleep schedule, but also watching baseball live. Well, here's
1: why I don't care, because I have uh, most of the next week off, so I can just watch (laughs) as much baseball as I want, (laughs) so it's pretty easy for me, personally. (laughs) Going to be Uh, up until 2 in the morning,
0: sleeping until 2 in the afternoon, that's living the life right there.
1: Exactly. Listen, I'm trying to live the life I want to live. You know, I think the key to it all is you know, exactly. You stay up till three, sleep until 11, vibing, You're feeling great. That is the ultimate. I honestly think that is the ultimate kind of uh, schedule to keep. Go to sleep at three a.m. Wake up at eleven a.m. Oh yeah, that'd be um,
0: that's the dream. That's yeah, that's perfect.
1: You get to experience all the cool shit, and you can just kind of hang out in the in the late night when, when no one's bothering you, and then you get to wake up after all the garbage of early morning. <laughs> and nobody
0: wants to be awake between seven and ten. Forget that. No, no. There's.
1: I can't think of a single fun thing I've done outside of watch <laughs> a Formula One race between seven and ten in the morning. Like that's it. Like if not for Formula One, I'd be I'd be in bed until eleven on weekends. Yeah, exactly.
0: Do you know what uh, does, else happens between seven and one on the weekends? Damn, that's a pretty rough transition. Meatballs. Meatballs, Merit. They happen, of course. Meatballs, Merit. <laughs> serving <laughs> up tidbits of baseball, uh, what the Cleveland Guardians did over the last week. This one's another special exclusive Merit Meatball because I don't have one. But um, what's your meatball him for this him week, The Merit? worst co host in history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I was, um, as we all know, Aaron Stavola is not having a start thank you you could call answer. it not wonderful That's that's the way to put it you yeah. could call it trash big trash at nine you know you don't want an era that's higher than the number of innings you could totally <laughs> possibly pitch in a complete game and that's what he's doing i think he's also ever elevated his career era to basically four in the last three starts yeah he's been getting hammered um and so i was curious um as to you know i mean one of the fun things about baseball stats is there's a billion of them and we can dig into and find things like, you know, actually just cause X or Y is happening things that the process is there. It's just, you know, the result is not what we want. So I did a digging into a very specific pitch for um, Aaron Savali, his cutter, which was even last year, one of not just his best pitch, but maybe one of the best pitches individually in all of baseball at a run value of negative 14 runs in 477 total um appearances i don't know what, what word to use there um but i saw, saw a couple of very surprising things so i'm just going to focus on vertical movement for the moment in 2019 uh, his cutter had 27.7 inches of drop uh, which was 0.9 inches better than average the next year so for those who don't like numbers there's a really boring section Um, But the next year, uh, he had 26.6 inches drop, actually less, more than an inch less, which is 1.5 better than average. The next year, he had 29 inches of drop, which was 1.3 inches worse than average. And this year, he has 33 inches of drop, 0.6 inches of drop, which is the best he's ever had and also 3.2 inches worse than average. Now, let's focus on what's important. That's right. Horizontal movement with a cutter. 5.5 in 2019, 3.4 better than average. Uh, 5.1 in 2020, 2.2 better than average. Uh, last year, 5.5, again, 2.9 better than average. And this year, 7.4, 3.6 better than average. So what I'm saying is he's re- held relatively firm in what he does as far as total movement. 7.4, I think sample size is, is making that a little bigger than it is. But it really, honestly, Matt, if you look across all of his pitches... Aaron Zavalli is roughly the same pitcher he was in 2019. Um, and he is worse for it because everyone else has gotten better. Everyone else, like the average, the average pitch across baseball. And this is even looking at it taking into account things. Maybe it's not taking into account. Maybe it's just even looking at things like if we're looking at better, than, better and worse than average, like everyone equally experienced the lack of spider tag last year or whatever sticky substances you're using. And generally, Aaron Savali is worse off for it. Now, his slider is much dirtier than average. I guess that's a positive, but he's not throwing it very much, which sucks. But I'm very troubled by this because he also throws the ball very not hard. And so um,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think you kind of nailed it. Like the rest of he, he looked like a very good pitcher in 2019. He, he would probably still look like a good pitcher in 2019. <laughs> but like the rest of the league has gotten so much better over the last three years and despite all the tinkering and stuff he did, he added that change up last year. Like none of it has just worked to get him over the hump at all. is It's not good. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of like Trevor Bauer when he was like, you could see the underlying things that he was going to be good at pitching, um, at, early on with Cleveland. And then like, eventually this sort of, sort of started to pan out, but like, it's just not panning out there. in Savali. despite all the, he's doing all the right things that he needs to do. He's making changes. He's, um, I mean, his walk rate's terrible this year, but he does, usually doesn't walk a ton. But um, I don't know. It's just the guy's not figuring it out. I, I do like the, the fact that his, his drops haven't increased as much as the league does. I don't know what he's doing or not doing that. That's not helping him out there. But something clearly is his not he's not cut up to the rest of the league. I think there's going to be a point that we have a question later on about the rotation. And I think it's going to end up being Aaron Savali's the first one out, which is not what I expected coming into the season.
1: That's fair. I, I, I agree. I think we were both excited about seeing him make. I don't know. I mean, and, you know, nothing, and we, I know we discussed this several times, like nothing is linear in baseball. Like jumps, the word jump is used for that express reason, right? It's yeah. all of a sudden the guy becomes much better. Uh, and you could point to a million examples of this. Um, but, like, first of all, is throwing the ball less hard? I mean, this happens with every pitcher. Obviously, velocity is. It peaks early and drops off slowly, and he was always kind of on the razor's edge with velocities. Like I was just just even looking at this now. Like last year, his average you know fastball loss was ninety two. It's down to ninety now. And again, we're, we're the sample size is much smaller. He's only thrown it you know a few times. But I don't. I am not. not to, which is not to say he is washed as a pitcher. He's just washed as not. Wa- he just maybe not the number two, number three, like.
0: Yeah, it's more like a Josh Tomlin down the road, which is probably right, not the worst exactly. thing. Right. Exactly. I,
1: I I I think I think Josh Tomlin is his floor and uh Kyle Hendricks I guess could be his ceiling theoretically. Uh, I think and that's a dream and um, which is you know I mean that's it, there's you know there's a lot of those two. and like the fact that he's throwing nothing more than 32% of the time his fastball is his most used pitch is forcing him at 32 percent cutter and 30 I guess cutters getting bashed too like last year it was good and useful and helpful and you know it is one of his worst pitches this year so that combined with the fact that his i mean i and i've talked about this last year i talked about this year um he still gets a ton of spin which helps but like it creates that kind of um perceived in a sense velocity because the ball you know like if it's with fastballs it drops less than than you think it would but i i don't know it's Baseball hitters are so good. It, it you, you hit you hit a point where it's just, I don't care how much the ball is moving. If it's moving, if it's still a fastball and it's moving an extra inch or whatever it is. Like You'll still gonna, find it eventually, yeah. Nothing's they're going to beat the piss out of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So,
0: <laughs> and The weird thing is, like it almost even doesn't matter in this rotation because everyone else has been so good. Like Cal Quantrill isn't striking out a ton, but he's getting his outs. But What is with Zach, him, by the I way? Know. Like, like, I know we get to be more. Amazing.
1: Yeah, I think even um, I didn't hate uh, what's his name um, Eli Morgan's start the other day. I, got, I feel like he kind of got tossed in the fire. It wasn't pretty. We I mean, had a few. I think I thought he had a few good moments
0: there. Good job on the start I for what it was. Like that was another. I don't know why I was going back to Josh Tomlin for like everything, but that was another Josh Tomlin esque start for Eli Morgan. Is this like, well, because in, we
1: were we were we start, were and... trapped in this in this hellscape of yeah. having to watch a man who throws the ball ninety two miles an hour? <laughs> Ed is very hardest. He's grind his way through these, you know, 80, like 80, 90 kind of guys. Which for so. Morgan
0: is up. I don't. For everybody else, their velocity's down. But I feel like, is his up a little bit compared to last year? Or close? At least when That's he's a in great the bullpen? question. We could find out by um, using the internet. If only there's a way to find out. I don't think information there. Exists anyway. they, they
1: phase it out. They, they pretty much phase out the internet in general. <laughs> uh, but yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you look at Savali and like, you want to do better. Obviously, but like, I, I just, I guess, I just thought that he was the kind of guy who was going to make some kind of, I don't want to say leap again, and maybe again, it's only three starts. Yeah, literally, it's 10, he could
0: turn around maybe. easily, but but without a doubt, they you still happened. Like, <laughs> like, but like three like, bad slides.
1: The thing, like, the thing is, like I, I, I think I'm pretty sure this is the case, and like I've read a few things about this. Like when it comes to pitching numbers, like sample mm-hmm. sizes are much smaller than you think they're going to be, as far as like seeing total spin rates and movement and stuff like that because like how much variation you're really going to get at in 10 innings he's still throwing you know 300 pitches or whatever the heck he, he's throwing 200 pitches or something like that so um okay he didn't he's getting strikeouts it's just he's he's not what he's walking a ton of people i think that's the, that's the real scary part Um because he he's a man who has to live on the margins uh, just because of of what his total repertoire is and you want you you worry i suppose about what, what that look like and them wearing a sweep over the weekend. Ugh. Ugh. It stinks that when they lose, it's a sweep. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but when they win, it's a sweep. And you're like, it's, oh. It's, the whole
0: season, they either win by scoring a ton of runs or they get blown out or. Man, what, if like, it's it's what, what, what if it's like
1: the whole way? What if this entire year they're just like, oh we got swept. Oh we got a sweep. Oh we gotta sweat. <laughs> oh we gotta Yeah. I might have a heart attack.
0: It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a, gonna be a, a weird one. And with the whole AL Central is gonna be extremely weird uh this season, I think. Yeah, the yeah, twins are in first yeah, The, uh, twins, and, are in right the now. twins, whatever the hell they're doing. I don't I don't know why everybody just assumed the twins would be bad because you know, they changed a ton last year. They just—I think it was a ton of bad luck to be the worst team in the division. Back, got I, Carlos I pitching,
1: and, Yeah, yeah. I, I think they were discounting
0: some of these young bats too because
1: yeah. I, I, they, they were, there was a lot of talk about how good the, the young guys are going to be eventually, and, yeah, and they I'm still sure could stink too.
0: I mean, again, it's only so many could, games, but,
1: but also, it seems like everybody Iron always Boston, sticks
0: out in uh, the AL Central, which didn't happen this year. Like the, the Tigers and Royals did not jump out to like a huge lead and then fall off. Uh, like yeah, they would have by now? Maybe it'll be the twins who do it and then they fall off, but um, I, I guess it's a little more normal this year in the L central than I thought, but I guess we'll find just out. A, just them. a
1: battle, a battle of mediocrity. Right? Some, some <laughs> win this division it, with yeah. 85 wins. And will we feel good about it? No, we won't feel good about it. Anyone, no one. It's going to be 85, 84, 83, 82, and
0: 60. And one of them <laughs> will still get in the playoffs like an yep. 81 win team because yep. you've got to just, just cram them all in there. That makes the playoffs more exciting to have more teams, obviously. Um, but yeah, this week for the the bulk of this episode I thought we'd ask um because we don't do them every episode anymore, just to get a bunch of questions for people, because we would get good ones and I'd like to answer them once in a while. Um so kind of going off the uh what we were just talking about, at Colin Jones asks, basically extremely reliable two-week sample size currently available to us. Do you think this is going to be one of those years where an 80-something win team could take the AL Central? Absolutely. <laughs> it's gonna be there's not gonna be any amazing team in this, this division, I don't think it's gonna be like an eighty-five 86 win team who wins
1: what's um, wild about this too and I'm sorry to interrupt you, if you had a second to make there but like again we're talking about 15 games <laughs> <laughs> hey but also you can say oh but it's 10 percent of the season um the only team I feel that has the most like I guess like complete roster is of all teams the cleveland guardian
0: right <laughs> after all this that's kind of what it's looking like
1: because like minnesota's pitching i was just looking at it and like i don't know who any of these people are i don't know who bailey Ober or joe ryan these are fake human beings uh bailey Ober and joe ryan are are, are, are characters in in like a in a no- joe ryan specifically is a character in a tom clancy novel uh bailey Ober, i don't even know what he does Chris Archer is, you know, I mean, he might be good, but he's also a recovery project. Chris Paddock, I don't know who that is. Uh, Sunny Gray's already on the DL. and Their bullpen is fine, and then you flip the script over there to the um, White Sox, and their their rotation is bad. Uh, they're, honestly, there there are two teams who have a decent offense and no pitching.
0: It's uh, only bad to certified Lucas Giolito hater, Merritt Rolfing.
1: Again, he's
0: uh, <laughs> all right. And apparently, uh, I, 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 Dallas Keuchel and, and
1: like. I don't yeah, know, man. Don't like Ke- Keichel stinks. Vin-, Vin Velasquez is, again, a reclamation Dylan project. Dylan
0: Cease, he's been good?
1: Dylan De- De- Cease he has been fine. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think he's been – he hasn't been, like, electric or shut down. He's been third best pitcher in a rotation style, which I think is what they're hoping for. Kopech, I mean, his numbers are dope. But there's a I, – I feel like even if you have an ERA of .64 and you have a fielding independent pitching of 2.23 – that's troubling to me. He hasn't given a home run-up yet, but he walks a ton of people, and he doesn't give up any hits. I just feel like he's a guy who's been very lucky. And if I click on his link, I could tell you that his batting average on balls in play
0: is... Take a shot and guess low on that one.
1: Let's find out what it is, actually. Now I'm curious because I was just goofing around, and now I can't find it because I forgot how to use baseball reference. Um, 200. So, yeah, exactly. So his, his batting average on balls in play is... You know, 100 points lower than both himself and also MLB averages. That will swing back. Not to say he will be bad, but like their pitching has not been great. Uh, Lucas Yolito already hit the, the uh, he already got shelled uh, for injury, uh, for injury worries briefly, which is troubling. And then on top of that, Ily Jimenez is dead again, which is <laughs> troubling.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> What did he do? Like he just like oh, injured his shoulder, and they yeah, basically the funeral for the day. I think,
1: think it was. I, I think it was a, oh, a hamstring. I don't know what it is, but he, he's hurt again. <laughs> I, I don't mean to make jokes, but it's just. I, I, well, that I, wasn't I a hope, joke about
0: the injury. It's a joke about the White Sox's right. Exactly. response like, to the injury, but I
1: hope. Um, I, I, I'm. I'm. I hope he comes back and is fine. But like,
0: yeah. but they're inconsistent on offense at best. Like Tim, right. even on defense, Tim Anderson has been a train wreck at shortstop. So they're not a full defensive team, and. Luis Roberts going to get going, I'm sure. But again, he'll he'll dip for a while, just like he did last year. Andrew Vaughn's really young; he'll do it again too. Like they're going to be a team that goes up and down too, but then probably for a like, lot longer streaks than Cleveland will.
1: Their manager somehow keeps on starting Larry Garcia and putting him third in the batting order. I saw they, um, so I follow a, a bunch times. Uh,
0: a White Sox Twitter. Uh, I follow a lot of uh, White Sox people, and there's a conspiracy going around. I don't know how much of it is, is a joke, but. Because um, they all sort of realize that Luis Garcia is not good. He's basically their Michael Martinez, and he's been he's around forever. Visibly not good. At his, <laughs> so at there least. is like a a prevailing thought that someone either um, Tony La Russa or their ownership likes him and is demanding he's in the lineup. So he's putting him at second to make a point. To <laughs> like, look how bad he is. I'm going to keep rolling him out here because you want him out here, uh, kind of thing. I think if that's the case, that is hilarious and awesome. But. Um,
1: it's levels of psychosis that I cannot even wrap my head around. <laughs> but even beyond I, that, you know, uh, like... What is
0: the other explanation, Merritt, for putting a negative 25 WRC plus guy out there every day batting second? Because it's funny, looking at their lineup, you see, like, normal batting average, and then it's, like, 0.69 for Luis Garcia, yeah. who's batting you second. You know
1: what? A, a batting A batting lineup of Anderson and then, I don't know, Luis Robert, and then... Yeah, they Jose they have Bregu. the players for a good, like,
0: one through six. You know you what? Make a good it, lineup, Honestly,
1: if I saw Garcia batting eighth, I'd be like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but he's yeah. batting
0: third all the time. <laughs> He's batting second consistently. Like, yeah, it's
1: ridiculous. Weird. So, like, they're being hamstrung by their own, you know, ineptitude, essentially. Yeah. Tigers still aren't good. Royals still aren't good. It's not like Cleveland's great, but, like...
0: Yeah. And I, we I, have I, to remember, too, that Cleveland, they have a recent track record of at the deadline. If they need something, they'll probably go out and get it if they're yeah. close to competing. And we've seen them do that a bunch of times. Um, that's why I've never been super worried about not trading before the season. Because if they're going to make a trade, they're going to get somebody at the deadline. Um, which I think is, like either they're going to trade a pitcher who they know is going to explode at this point. I just have to trust if they trade away a pitcher. They know that arm is about to be shredded. Um, either that or going to get somebody like a Josh Donaldson and try that and grab him at the deadline. But they've been really good about that when they're competing and when they're competitive. So if they're like at the top of the division at the deadline, I would imagine we're going to see somebody coming over um, to help well, out. And
1: they, I don't know. And, and like their, their bullpen is much better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, obviously, yeah, I
0: Klasse has um, <laughs> been bad, but I, I don't think, anybody well, but, else, but, but I think like he's going to get, gonna get s- better than he has. Been, right. But, I'm not going to say, think oh, I he's he's gonna oh, he's bad. Yeah. Um, no, he's Sam inspired, good. But
1: Sam Hedges, I mean, maybe he figures something out this laugh. Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm still riding it, baby. we were there. Um, but uh, do that, you think here? Trevor
0: Steffen's legit? I think Brian Shaw's going to be old again. Nick Salen's going to be good. Uh, Logan Allen, I don't know why he exists still. I, I don't know. I think there's like three or four potentially good relievers, which maybe Just. that's enough to be a good bullpen. Yeah, the, no, he goes. So. I I and think he's a decent I, I,
1: Listen, even if he's a loogie, like, I don't care, man. You have a hundred mile an hour, the slider <laughs> loogie guy. Yeah, it, yeah, let's do that. Let's keep on doing that. Like,
0: he's got those Austin Hedges eyes, too, like the crazy, yeah, like, just always eye, super yeah, intense yeah, yeah, eyes. So yeah, when yeah. they, like, flash between him and Hedges, it's just like sets yeah, off here. Like a doll's prey eyes, or, yeah. uh, What was that? Prey drive? Like when you look at a lion and you just want to run, that kind of thing. Mm hmm. Anyway
1: well I, I i again i think i think they have a good top four i think they have a good like four or five guys there and i mean they keep on rolling up Ryan shom my father-in-law <laughs> was in town and then we were we to the game on saturday i think where we were, i was i was grilling out and I put in um and they, they put in Brian Shaw and like the seventh. Grade. I went, No, he's so bad and crappy. Damn. <laughs> I was going
0: to say, You like quietly pushed more on the burger on the grill. You were just quietly squishing it, and all the juices so were coming out rubbish. in anger. <laughs> Brian Shaw. <laughs>
1: I hate that guy. He's so old. I don't know. But yeah, again, I, th- I, think th- I think they have a bullpen there. Um, obviously, I think the rotation needs some, some time. Yeah, Zach Plezak is worse than he is. Shane Bieber is who he is at this point. I think I'll accept it.
0: Yeah, I I think that definitely. To get back to the question, I think there's there's gonna be an eighty win team, and it could very easily be the Guardians. Um,
1: I mean, I don't know. I I think that's what it is. Yeah, I I think an eighty, not maybe an eighty, yeah, an eighty seven win team could win this division because they're just gonna beat up on each other and not beat anybody else. Is is a a part of it too? Like everyone's gonna take take a trip to New York and. And get swept or win one, and then they're going to go, well, that was tough. Let's go down to Tampa. Oh, no. <laughs> and they're going to Toronto go, oh, this is even worse. Oh, no. <laughs> so so head well, out west and just wear I – mean, who knows? I don't know. The Mariners are a fake team that doesn't actually exist, so who cares? But, yeah. yeah. yeah 85. I think, I think 85 could win this division as much as I think 95 could right now. It's, it's a bizarre time, and I don't know who it could be.
0: Um, sort of on the rotation at Schurstonator455. He asked, what is your prediction for the rotation by the end of May? What is that Based on the meatball, Um, kind of Aaron Savali out. The rest, other four, I don't see going anywhere. I don't know.
1: I, mean, I can't say out.
0: Well, yeah, out. but I, I think it's the closest. I don't think it's a guarantee. I, I think the end of May is even soon to presume any kind of change. Like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be these five. As long as nobody's injured, I don't know why they'd swap out. I mean, who else do you have ready to go? Like there's a well, weird then, gap. Right, in line for issue. Them. yeah, yeah. Who, like, like, I don't who, know. Who Connor do is in the bullpen. Bullpen. You know? I don't know if he's going to be one. Um, there's there's a scary gap now in pitchers. <laughs> now that like uh, Eli Morgan, Logan Allen, Sam Hanks, all these guys clearly aren't. Uh, yeah. Full time starters. There's yeah. a there's a small gap forming, which is kind of yeah. getting concerning. But uh, obviously, until Daniel Espino, which probably is not till the end of the year, um, or even next year, but. Uh, not the end of May I, I'd imagine the next pitcher that comes up and establishes a spot at some point is going to be Espino there's going to be like spot starts obviously like you have Morgan again um, Kirk McCarty will get more um, I'm sure even like there's going to be bullpen games but I think end of May it'll still be the same Bieber McKenzie please that Quantrill Savali um, later on in the season it'd be really cool to see Daniel Espino come up but um, yeah I, I think by the end of May we won't see many changes to this rotation
1: I just I was just looking into it because I was wondering like just who was that Savali uh, specifically pitched against and like you know what if I were looking at that him getting pounded by the Giants and also the Yankees in back to back starts that's fair those are two teams who just crush like they're yeah. just good hitting teams. But he also got hammered by the Royals in his first start.
0: <laughs> Another good hitting team, right. as they say.
1: Like his his longest start is four innings. He's gone three three to third against the Royals and three against the Yankees and four against the Giants, both yeah. teams. So like I don't I don't know. Again, I I I think the the you know the, the idea of him being finished is a highly you know it's a no definitely it's a poor statement that, to but, make. But
0: like. He's just the closest to being on the edge, I, I think. Maybe. I guess
1: yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, he's just finding his way. Uh, then, then, at the same time, he's someone like McKenzie, who, like, I don't know if it's just uh, the you know the team wants to kind of baby him along this way. I think Quantrill to a lesser extent, but like, McKenzie, like, he doesn't get, like, he's just not getting starts. I guess, like, we're seeing him pitch a lot. He's a three. I, he's just not going deep, I suppose. And yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. I mean, nobody's I going
0: super deep. I just imagine with him because he's. I don't know how long we can use the skinny thing as a, a reason for anything they do with him. But if, if they're worried about the ramping up for him more than other pitchers like Bieber, um, who's, who's obviously built out more than Tristan McKenzie, like maybe it's, yeah. they're just pulling him along a little slower than everybody. Cause everybody's a little bit slower right now. I don't think anybody's all the way at this point, even like going as deep as they possibly could. Right, like yeah, Bieber hasn't we're... been forced to go probably like over what he's extremely comfortable with. So I'm sure he's, he's going to come along eventually, but because we're um, still dealing with the,
1: the short, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's still a weird time thing anyway. Yeah, they're still kind of working up because of the short, um, training. Yeah, um, but I mean, of, of, of players, you know, to kind of tangentially answer the question too, of pitchers, I actually like, truly trust. I guess obviously, I think it's Bieber in order. I would say Bieber, Quantrill, McKenzie, Pulisic, Um I can't remember who it was in the in the Slack. They mentioned <laughs> they referred to what Plesek is doing these smoke and mirrors and like one fifty three. Excuse me, 133 ERA, for 376 fielding independent pitching. He's not getting any strikeouts. I mean... Yeah,
0: I, I think he, that, was, that was me that said that. If we can find anybody to look through the smoke and mirrors to trade yeah. for him, like it was like, call the Padres. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Padres <laughs> They'll see cause, that right. Yeah. like, yeah, he's obviously good. Let's get him. Hey,
1: please, hey okay, Padres, you want this? Just give us four <laughs> future Keystone players. That's all we need, yeah.
0: I, I mean, you just got to call the Padres first on everything. They were almost saying Jose... Could you imagine what they would have traded for Jose Ramirez? I... I'm glad it didn't happen, obviously, but Again, I can't imagine kind of, how much stuff was in that trade.
1: Not not the kind of trade you could even make because you have to give them somewhere who someone who's like a fringe. That's a, true. Yeah. If he were actually perfect, <laughs> he might be a fringe Cy Young or MVP player, but like you can't have someone who is just like he, just, he, should, he should he should have, he should have an MVP kind of thing. Yeah, because like, yeah. who they trade? You know, it's like a, like a Mike Clevenger, who if he's perfect, could could sneak into a Cy Young, but yeah, and they ended up with. Literally two current rotation or two current um, um, batting lineup uh, like mainstays at this point, point. And, and a good rotation
0: member in Cal Quantra. That was that's true,
1: those. and then and then probably the best of the four of them um, in a- 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 areas too. Who already got his yeah. uh, first hit this past weekend, which is fun. Yeah. Plus to
0: him. <laughs> um, the next one, very important question at Pale Dragon C Bus. He asked, "Would you rather fight a mile-sized straw duck or a hundred duck-sized mile straws? Uh, would you fight mile straw, Merit? I don't think I'd fight Miles Straw. He's if scary. He, he jumped up size? on that fence defending Stephen Kwan. If Not he was even duck
1: size. Yeah, I could kick the shit out of him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, but a hundred. Wait, no, a, t- mile, a mile.
0: A Miles Straw? No, you got it backwards. It's either one giant duck that's the size of Miles Straw, what, or a hundred tiny Miles straws. Mile straws? <laughs> yeah. They would climb you in an instant.
1: Well, in that case, I would beat up that. I, I'd fight that duck. <laughs> i would like that 100 percent of the
0: time
1: yeah go out for the legs you know you, you're good to go but you hop on his back and give it a good choke obviously you get, listen i'm not coming out of this without without shedding some blood due to various pecs and,
0: and you got to do what you got to do though if you got to fight a I'm, duck got to fight a duck
1: i'm gonna get beaked, but i'm not gonna face up i mean listen he was a hundred of them are- house oh, right exactly he's, he's scrappy he's gonna climb me i mean i'll be fighting one <laughs> off one <little> another <laughs> one's jumping my bag and hit me with a little bat or something like that one of those bat day bats it's oh, not a little tiny i face. still had one of those for long exactly pirates one yeah yeah maybe he will take off his t- his helmet will be one of those little helmets you get full of ice cream will be hitting me with that <laughs> that hurts
0: yeah that moment um, yeah. in yankee stadium was not awesome for the game of baseball or yankees fans but awesome for our guardians building moment like i jokingly said on twitter the the world series dvd is going to start with that scene and mm-hmm. like fade to black and then some radio announcer talking about how young and experienced the team is like if they go on through anything this season even if it's not true like that's going to look as the look at like the moment of that everybody came together and all that because i don't know if you saw the video today but he when he jumped up on the fence to you at the yankee fan he was saying like fucking hit me which is the most badass thing I've ever seen? What <laughs> badass! Because cool. the, I know. Right? <laughs> it's awesome. If he was it's doing so that for cool. no reason or just somebody being annoying, it'd be another thing. But if the guy was mocking Stephen Kwan for being injured, and they were yelling at yeah. Austin Oscar all game. But like, could you imagine? Just you, you think this this baseball player is. Just so far away in those, that big green outfield, you got this big wall in front of you, and he just leaps up, Spider Man style, and is in your face. You to I'm gonna beat your ass in. <laughs> oh no, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee that guy's not gonna be yelling at any more fans. Um, yeah, I still think right. that I think I said this in the podcast before. I, I went to an April game in like 2012 when uh Cleveland was playing the Angels, and somebody yelled one thing at Mike Trout, and then he turned around and looked at him, and then looked back. And he's been an MVP player ever since. I, I don't know for sure that Mike Trout um, took that one guy's mean comments. Hey, I think the guy just literally said, guy, Trout, you oh, suck. No. And then <laughs> <laughs> Trout like, turned around and looked and then just looked back. But, I mean, before that, he was like an 89 WRC player in his rookie season. After that, I'm just saying, he's an MVP. So maybe this is I'll where Miles Strawn and Oscar Mercado becomes Mike Trout.
1: I'll show you, guy in Cleveland, I don't <laughs> suck.
0: <laughs> i'm sure it's gonna be his hall of fame speech <laughs> listen to that fucker on the right field i just want to it.
1: say i heard from it I was, my rookie year i heard from a guy in Cleveland, he said i sucked well guess what asshole
0: <laughs> <laughs> i took that personally
1: let <laughs> some things out for there. you three mvps we we'll probably have two more by then oh yeah oh, yeah it's four already i oh, no, it's three okay yeah. five mvps <laughs> etc
0: um so the next one Go with... So this one I liked a lot, just to think about. Um, at Catman54321, he asks, is it fair to categorize the stockpiling of shortstops both through the draft and through trades of failure? This approach has not given the Guardians an elite shortstop, nor has it given us a trade for a credible MLB corner infielder, first baseman, or catcher. Um, I don't know. it's I, I don't think we're at the point where this strategy... I, I think a lot of teams do this, too. It's not like just the Guardians, but I think it is... Um, it's just what you do. You draft everybody who starts as a shortstop. You probably just don't yeah. realize the guys who come up and are like star second baseman or even like catchers or outfielders who started as shortstops. It's just kind of been made more in recent years that people are paying attention to lower minors that you draft all these shortstops. So I think the ones that people have started to pay attention to, um, it's only been like the last three or four years when people have really started to have access to, to like great coverage of, um, I, I guess all around baseball, the farm systems, but especially Cleveland's. Yeah. Um, where people are seeing all these shortstops come up and they don't always pan out. It just doesn't always work. And for the Guardians, like the ones they have for the big name ones, they're just now getting here. Like Tyler Freeman is the one we followed forever. I mean, I, obviously somebody named Francisco Lindor worked out as a shortstop. I think closes De Niro as right, a yeah. shortstop first. Um, mm-hmm. So th- we just don't see that they always start as a shortstop, but you just don't realize it when they're up. But I think as we start seeing, as people are following the farm systems and these guys come up and get traded or they get um, they stick around... It is kind of weird that so many now are in AAA and also still (laughs) shortstops, like Gabriel Arias. um, These guys are getting high in the system and still just sticking a shortstop. like Arias, Tyler Freeman. um, Brian Rocchio who's the one I think is going to be the one that eventually sticks a shortstop, but all these guys are... Andres Jimenez is obviously in the majors now, but he's another one. So they're stockpiling shortstops. I think they're maybe sticking in the middle infield longer than they have in the past, but I think in general, it's definitely not a failure. I just think you haven't noticed in the past that these guys have always started shortstops. Cause when you're like in, in high school or whatever, if you're just a kid who can do whatever, they just throw you a shortstop. If you're athletic yeah. and you can hit, that's just where you go. Cause that's where the ball goes. So, um, yeah, I'm like, it's a failure right. yet, but
1: I, 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 I had two thoughts about this. First of all, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking back from my own personal, experience. like I remember, um, when I was in college, it was you know it was a, it was a D three school, so it's not like it was like super studs or anything. Oh, we like back
0: in there. It's playing days.
1: Uh, I was not playing; I was just <laughs> no. watching. But um, the best player in the conference, he uh, he played for Saint Norbert College, I think. Um, they anyway. Um, but he was he played two positions, and he hit like four fifty that year. or Something, <laughs> you know, I mean it's college ball. Uh, but he played shortstop, and then he was also their closer. Because he could throw like 95 miles an hour. <laughs> so I think, to your point, that's part of it. It's just like the best players always play one of three positions. Catcher, shortstop, or center fielder. I mean, center fielder as far is like much less than the other two. Like, think about someone like Bryce Harper. He came up as a catcher, for instance, yeah. you know? Like these are just the business where you put the best possible players because they have the biggest impact overall on the game. So them drafting shortstops is not a big thing. And then the second thing is too, it's like, You could say it's a quote unquote failure, but like, how many how many minor leaguers and prospects actually make it? Is the thing you know the 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 burnout rate on literally anything after, literally first overall picks is insane. Second overall picks make the make major leagues half as much as first overall picks, and it's the same kind of like um, parabolic. That's not the word I'm looking for. But it's the same kind of curve. Whereas, like third overall picks, make it half as much on average as second overall picks. And
0: that when was the last black
1: time? Black. Um, I, can't I can't remember the word I'm looking for. Parabolic is, is a total like down and up. But it's it's yeah. Um, yeah. um this is gonna bug the hell out of me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember it in like three hours. <laughs> I, I'm gonna sit up from bed and go, "Oh, that's right." It's uh. <laughs> but like when was first of all when was the last time Cleveland picked even in the top five? You know, like yeah. they just haven't done that. I think honestly, since the 90s, maybe. I, I, I could be wrong offhand, but there's like, never been that. He's top five. No, he was picked 14, he's, yeah. he's a 12th. He's a 12th overall. Like, that's that stuck in my brain. He was picked 12th overall. Is that why he's number uh, 12? Yeah. So okay. like, that's the thing. Like, they, they don't pick that high. So just starting off, you're running into, we already are running into a law of averages against us of finding good players. And then obviously the trades and things like that to finding good players. I, I, I understand the approach they do, which is finding generally athletic guys that they think they can mold into something, or who can find a way to impact the game in a way beyond just at the plate. Like that's the thing. I go to someone like Jimenez. He's again twenty three years old. To say that his that his whole thing is a wash is ridiculous. And uh, that that being said, obviously got other guys are like you know, I don't know, just Chang. I guess you Chang. I, I I don't think his you know, whatever, but they also did not have a lot of space for shortstops from about 2015 till a year or so ago, because of you know, as you mentioned Lindor, they also turned another one of them into what may end up being one of the best players in all of Cleveland baseball history. So, yeah. I, I I understand where the question asker is coming from because we hear so much about these middle infielders, middle infielders, middle infielders. The majority, generally speaking, a player is not going to work out. I, I think that's just the way it is. We, um, I yeah. think and that Major League Baseball in general has done a good job of hyping, I guess, young players more because they deserve it. But like, even to say something like Adley Rutschman in the Orioles system is going to be a star is ridiculous because he's in literally the same system. That produced Matt Weeders, who was also a number one overall prospect, number <laughs> Joe one overall Mauer with pick. Power. Joe Maurer with power, again, a fine catcher. You know, it's like, um, yeah. I think, I, and I, I hate, to, I hate to cross sports like this, but like Marcus Camby, I think, is a perfect example of a player who was a very high. I think he was a one number, number one overall pick, who had a tremendous career in the in the NBA but was never someone you'd look to as say, that guy is a certified number one pick. It just, it doesn't work that way. And like, you can, you can hope all you want for like player development, all this stuff, but like some guys just can't click. And then it takes some time too. Like, I don't know if Owen Miller's for real now. I mean, I, I, I assume he's not going to hit 484 for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'd love it. But like, he looks like he's figured some things out. And I think the fact that, you know, we've discussed this several times, that log jam of mediocrity. They seem to face in so many positions has restricted them from seeing what they have, and I think combating that is the lack of a willingness to lose a shitload, for yeah, lack of I, a better term. And you I think it I is mean?
0: also fair just to say in general that they've not been great at drafting and developing any position players. <laughs> I think that's just, fair too. Yeah, it's not a, it's not the strategy of stockpiling shortstops. It's just kind of a byproduct of they've even admitted that they have they've had trouble. Maybe not trouble, but they're not. They don't have position players as locked down as they do, seemingly pitchers. So it's not specifically that strategy. It's just kind of a mix of what you said that their their positions just haven't been. It's just kind of the the side effect of not tanking. Like you said, they they yeah. they get these middle of the road picks, so they're not getting these guys who are clearly going to be pretty good in the majors. Um, like average out the not be as good.
1: Honestly, like I would say, just looking at the lineup right now, I would say the three best overall players in the lineup right now are obviously Jose Ramirez. Who they drafted and developed, for Mel Reyes, who they traded for, and honestly, I think Miles Straw might be number three, not because of the bat, but his overall impact defensively yeah, too. Yeah. Again, someone they traded for, and then after that, you're looking at someone like, I guess Rosario. Maybe you could oh. say him too. Again, someone they traded for. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, like, just because there's so many moving parts right now. You know what I mean? Like, I guess Naylor, yeah. but again, someone they traded for. Like, yeah, a uh, bit, bit they, more in the developmental path,
0: but I think they've realized too, like. They can just trade for these guys who already developed. Like the yeah. Miles Straw trade is a a peak example of that. Is how good of a trade they are. Um, as much as I love Phil Maton, he's gone now. For Miles Straw, they got their starting center fielder for for a reliever. Um, they just got That's an right. already That's developed player in right. his prime okay, yeah. for a reliever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So like, it's and you know like, at the end of the day, like I, I think a lot of you can you can pump all the energy you want into player development, and like even the Dodgers do that, but. I think we we're fooling ourselves if we think that they don't have massive numbers of guys they're pulling from to find the Gavin Luxes of the world. You know what I mean? Like they're, 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 they're they're obviously probably, you know, better at developing players overall, but like they're, they're, they're also the ones who are spending a lot of money. So filling the holes of the money they spend with a, a, a Gavin Lux or a, whoever the hell, you know, like, even look at someone like Cody Bellinger. He won an MVP and now he's bad. So, I don't know. It's baseball.
0: The <laughs> baseball. thing about
1: baseball is is stupid. It's a stupid sport <laughs> that doesn't make any sense and I've never figured it out. And if anyone who says, like, I've figured it out, they're lying to you. So, <laughs> yeah, everything's moving all the time. I mean, I agree with them. It, it sucks that they keep on pumping in these middle infielders. But, like, there's a reason why first basemen don't go first over on the draft very much. Yeah. Because you're immediately pigeonholing yourself into something. You always draft someone at... at the very worst as a third baseman because it's some level of athleticism, and then they eventually end up at first base. Miguel Cabrera, perfect example. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I think we'll finish with this one. This is basically just another reason for me to say Brian Rokia or um, Brian Reynolds. But at XC Warrior One, he asked, What is a viable outfield option to bolster the offense? Uh, Brian Reynolds. I don't know if you've, you ever heard of this guy, Matt. Have I ever mentioned him in the podcast before? I mean, i, I for the Pirates. Brian Reynolds. Why?
1: Why would they need an outfield option? They that have, is true.
0: They're they're stacked in the outfield now, man. They got Quan, um,
1: Straw, Mercado. I mean, worst case scenario, even Miller <laughs> out there. I mean, what, what, Naylor, he's there too.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be. I mean, joking aside, like it's gonna be hard to say. Like you've got to make sure at the deadline uh, if Mercado is still hitting like this. I don't think he's. I think he's been bad actually. But he's
1: actually not hitting. He's like actually anything. Hitting He's hitting one ninety six with no walks.
0: But um, I mean, if if there's three guys hitting well, other than obviously Miles Straw, like you've got to know that Stephen Kwan. Um, if you're not going to trade for somebody, you better believe that he's going to stick like that because it's going to be uh, like borderline franchise altering if you buy into the wrong outfielders and you pass on guys yeah. you could trade for. So um, I think we're still going to have a gap out there eventually. I think Miles Straw. We believe in. I think Stephen Kwan, I'm I'm pretty close to being all in on Stephen Kwan at this point. Like he had a couple bad games, came back, had some really good games when he comes back from the injury. Let's see how he he does without seeing a baseball for a few days. But um, yeah, I think I think Brian Reynolds is still out
1: there. Yeah, I have a thousand questions on Stephen Kwan. Yeah, I watched him. And I'm just like, he's good, but is he good?
0: I <laughs> <laughs> like, like I think I said before, the first one we talked about, him, like, you're going to know when he's off because that leg kick is so wild. Like, yeah, you'll just be able to see that it's not timed right. Um, you know. The thing
1: about Mercado too, is you mentioned, I mean, he's not hitting well, but like he's real bad. I really right? like his approach. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, he seems
0: like a great guy. Remember, you talking, uh, Skip Bayless? We're talking bad about Cleveland.
1: You have to hear it. But also, he's he, mashing the ball. Like he doesn't, he doesn't walk. He swings yeah. and swings and swings. I mentioned. Oh, he's on an Twitter, expert you
0: know? bad pitch hitter. I, I feel like that's his his peak. Like he'll he'll crush shitty pitches, but he just gets caught up in everything like you know he has
1: 10 total hits and six of them are extra for extra bases so <laughs> exactly. he's just out here to mash and do nothing else <laughs> and you're like hell yeah dude yeah. and i don't know i mean i don't know if like having a guy who was an no ops plus over like at 101 who is ne- who doesn't take a single walk all year is that valuable i don't know <laughs> moderately but it, like Naylor's hitting like he's I, you know he's, we we're talking about what, 25 at bat and 10 hits yeah, uh, he hit a home run. By the way, a dummy power home run over the weekend. I, I thought that was
0: dummy thick power. Good stuff.
1: Like that was just that, that was that was a not an easy pitch to hit for a, for a home run. Just a, uh, for, for the listeners who didn't see, it was down and just down, down below <laughs> the zone. He just was like, nope, I'm big.
0: <laughs> love I love Josh Miller big swings. He he, do, he does not look like he did look like somebody just gave a bat to and said hit this thing. Yeah, here you go. Like, his swings are just so freaking wild. There I was,
1: mean, yeah, Quan's another one to, just to explore, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Naylor is,
0: yeah, and, and as, hope for. as far as evaluating the the Guardians' decision making on outfielders, uh, Bradley Zimmer currently with the uh, Tampa Bay or not Tampa Bay, Toronto Blue Jays. He has one hit on the season. And how many with, strikeouts, Matthew? Uh, seven. <laughs> okay, so he's doing six, he's doing it big <laughs> Uh, I don't want to shit on Bradley Zimmer. I liked him so long. Uh, I know. But really I'm just saying. I think they made the right man. decision there. Like they knew yeah. where to move on from him.
1: And uh, again, like I, I like aspects of what someone like Mercado is, is. Well, not someone like, but what literally Mercado is doing. Like I like it. I, I don't know if it's tenable, but I like how he's like. I got to make a place for myself, and it's about mashing. <laughs> I'm going to put 15 or 20 pounds of muscle on. Yeah. I mean, if there was place for I a can. backup
0: platoon outfield bat, I would love to have on my team. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. But I, you just can't run him out there every day. I don't think you can even run out there every time as a platoon because um, he's still going to no. be bad against yeah. um, left-handed pitchers once in a while. But you just Or maybe kinda, not. Maybe he's good. Maybe, maybe he's another Jordan Luplo. never know.
1: There you go. Mike Thank you, Thank you for finally <laughs> legitimizing the things I've been saying.
0: <laughs> on that note, Merritt, uh, I think we'll call it a podcast. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Cover the Corner. I'm Matt ROI. Merritt, is that Merrill Lynch? Like Merrill... Fuck, Merrill, no, Lynch. Merrill, like Merrill Lynch, like Lynch, like Lynch. Merrill Lynch with lunch. Lynch. I messed it there up every go. time since we've been back. Um, call cover the Corner on Facebook. coverthecorner.com um, obviously. And uh, Merritt, talk to you next week. Good to hear from you.